All right, we are full swing into football season. We got the college season starting up this weekend. We got the NFL season starting up in two weekends from now. And we are going to be giving you guys our NCAA college football season predictions in this video, as well as some NFL bold takes. What's going on, Tom? Dom, how are we doing? How are we? What's up? Yeah, so we're going to be doing basically our predictions. I think we're going to run through each of our power five conference winner maybe some guys that could stand out that could be high in the nfl draft somebody that we think could win the heisman as well as our final four playoff predictions as well and then we're each going to give three bold takes just kind of going back and forth and we'll probably all rate each other's bold takes for the nfl season on if we think that they are going to happen or not so dom you want to you want to run us through the uh, college season outlook yeah so i'll start with just like a little brief overview it's the 10th and final season of the 14 playoff um, I'm very against the expansion, just putting that out there. I know, uh, I'm not too sure if you guys are one way hard or the other, but it is the final year of the four teams. Um, realignment has been a very big issue. This year we have UCF, Cincy, Houston, and BYU all in the Big 12, which is, uh, 14 teams this year, so it's very interesting. And I don't know if you guys noticed, it's kind of gone under the radar. There's a new rule in college football this year. The clock doesn't stop after first downs. So I don't know who decided they needed to make that change, but it's just one of those things they snuck in, which I think when people are watching games week one, they're going to realize that something's different and that's it. So <laughs> that's just a brief overview. Yeah, I think for- was, it was also always cool that college football didn't um, have the clock running after first downs. I feel like it kind of mixed things up a bit from the NFL. It made it a little bit more unique, but I'm not looking forward to it. I definitely wish they would have kept it, but see how it goes, I guess. Yeah, uh, for me personally, like with the the uh, the playoffs, I do agree. Like I see both sides of it. I'd rather them stick with four teams. I kind of miss the two teams because it makes um, winning your conference uh, mean more, and it's more competitive, I think, than having like what they're going to twelve teams, right, Dom? Yep. Yeah, twelve does seem like a lot. I do think it's going to be more entertaining. We're going to get playoff matchups that we've never seen. Maybe there's going to be some Sindoro runs as a twelfth seed can make it to the national championship game and win it, which will be cool. But I do agree, we're going to have multiple teams from each conference make it to the playoffs. I, I just think it's kind of saturated a little bit. I think six or eight would be would be cooler. I think if you want to expand and make it six or eight, but I think twelve is a little too much. Yeah, like six I, and have the top two teams get by, so it like means yeah. something to be a top two team at the end of the year. Yeah, and I think six would have been perfect. You could you could take five conference winners and then one at large, but then again, you just, you're just you just going to fight about the one at large, which <laughs> is then going to become eight, which becomes 12. It's just inevitable. I could honestly do an entire hour on this, so I'm not going to waste too much time. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I was just going to say, yeah, like you just have the one at large, and we're basically fighting, is it going to be Michigan or Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama that gets in yep. every year? <laughs> So starting with the ACC, there's a new wrinkle in it. There's no divisions this year. They're just taking the top two teams are going to be playing in the ACC championship game. Uh, The big favorites are Florida State, who I actually think is currently favored over Clemson, but Mm -hmm. Clemson's right behind them as well. Uh, You also have UNC up there with Drake May, potential Heisman candidate for the Tar Heels. Um, That's kind of the top-heavy part of the ACC. Um, I personally think that Clemson is going to run the table this year, and I think Florida State will most likely win every game except the game they play against Clemson. My preseason prediction is Clemson and Florida State will have a rematch in the ACC championship game. 
I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to go with Florida State just because when it comes to college predictions, I just kind of like to see new teams each and every year. And reading up on Florida State's defense, it looks really good um, with Jared Verse kind of being like the top guy on their defensive side of the ball. And I'm glad that there's no divisions because it does seem kind of lopsided sometimes in the ACC, which has lost a little bit of its lust, I think, as a conference with Florida State having some down years um, and like Miami not really being competitive as they used to be. And it's really just Clemson winning every year. And I didn't love Kate Klubnik uh, last year. So I'm going to go with Florida State just to win the ACC to be a little bit different. Yeah, I picked Florida State too, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now you mentioned um, Jared Verse, maybe one of the best defensive players in the whole country, and also with Jordan Travis and Trey Benson as the quarterback-running back combo, I think really could um, obviously make some noise, but Clemson's been a really powerful program in the last 10 years or so, and um, like Dom said, they're always a formidable opponent. I would like to see UNC uh, win the ACC, but I think they're just like a little notch below where Clemson and Florida State both sit. Mm-hmm. And with Clemson, I think people are really underestimating them this year. I think their biggest acquisition, they got Garrett Riley, brother of Lincoln Riley, to be their new offensive coordinator. Who He was at TCU last year, and everyone remembers how good that TCU offense was. So if Clemson can get that spark from him, I, I'm a big fan of Kate Klubnick. I think he's going to take a step forward. And one guy that just nobody's talking about is Will Shipley. Ran for almost 1,200 yards last year and had 40 catches. Like He's going to be a main um, main focal point on that offense. So I think people are sleeping on Clemson, and that's when they strike the best, in my opinion. Yeah. So we got two far to state, one Clemson uh, prediction here. <laughs> See how this ages in January? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, just while we're in the ACC, one other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, Louisville is entering the season unranked. It's maybe a bull take. I think Louisville might end the year in the top 15. Their wow. schedule is so easy that they could go like 9-3, and three, maybe even make the ACC tournament game because they don't play any of the big three we mentioned earlier. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Like next year, like you said, they could finish as a top 15 team, like seed that we would see Louisville in the college football playoff. Like It's definitely wild. possible because they avoid Florida State, Clemson, and UNC. So you take away those three teams, their schedule's really not that hard. That's crazy <laughs> that they don't play any one of those three. Yeah, they just lucked out. And they went 8-5 and five last year, so yeah. I guess that's my bold college take for the ACC is Louisville is going to be a top 15 team, believe it or not. <laughs> so moving on to the Big Ten. This one could be interesting because the Big Ten has three, uh, I don't want to call them like really super power teams, but that's essentially what they are. Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are all projected right up there to get 10, 11, possibly 12 wins this year. They all play each other, so it's going to be interesting. I personally think Ohio State will come out victorious between those three. I think they will also take on um, Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship, and I think Ohio State will win that. And uh, I think Ohio State goes not undefeated this year, but very, very high possibility in my opinion. Dude, th- this should be the the conference that gets rid of divisions. I'm tired of seeing Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota play meaningful games. It should be one big conference. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit different again. I'm going Michigan here. Uh, just kind of the momentum they had last year with J.J. McCarthy coming back, Blake Corum, uh, Donovan Edwards. And then how long is uh, Harbo suspended for? Uh, the three easiest games of the season. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, then we're chilling. <laughs> we're chilling with that prediction. Yeah, their defense is still great. Um, they got a top freshman uh, by Joe, by Joby. I uh, probably butchered his name, but I know he, like, I was reading up on him, and he sounds pretty good. So, like, I don't know. Michigan's usually good on the defense side of the ball, and if they can keep up with Ohio State's offense, who has a new quarterback next year, I think they're going to win the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I went with Michigan as well. I think uh, Michigan is going to three-peat on um, their Ohio State matchup in the last three years. So, 
Uh, and Harbaugh, after his very vague NFL rumors, will come back after three game suspension and pick up right where they left off. Uh, now J.J. McCarthy's got yet another year in this system now, and I think he he's one of the top um, favorites for Heisman this year. Uh, I don't know if he exactly has like as good of a chance as some of the other quarterbacks. I feel like Michigan's offense is um, could be a bit more run-heavy at times, and but I do think that J.J. McCarthy, if Michigan winds up going... Uh, 11 and 1 or even 12 and 0 if they beat Ohio State they certainly he could definitely be um in the running and the uh, top of the Heisman votes so yeah Tom you mentioned their running offense I would not be surprised if Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards both finished the year with over a thousand yards yeah like, like when you have I two guys that's very possible them, it's <laughs> like it, it's sometimes it's tough for your quarterback to win the Heisman unless he winds up getting uh, a lot of passing yard stats from um running back you know receptions and stuff but they have the best running back duo in the country. So um, as long as they're winning games, I think they really should have uh, no problem just executing and wind up probably playing for that Big Ten championship come mid-December, right? Yeah, it's a shame because Penn State would literally run through the West and they're always going to be like the three seed here in the East. Yeah, and before we move on from the Big Ten, I got to push a little bit Ohio State propaganda on you guys. <laughs> this might be the best wide receiver room since we've uh, since Alabama had Judy, Ruggs, uh, Smith, Waddle. and Waddle. Yeah, like when Alabama was just churning out wide receivers, this Ohio State wide receivers, they have Marvin Harrison Jr., who is, are we safe to say he will be the first non-quarterback selected in the, in the oh, yeah. draft? For like, sure. Are we fully confident? Unless, Especially if like, the team that finishes at the bottom has like a young quarterback and they pair him with Marvin Harrison Jr., say it's the Texans. <laughs> Cardinals. The only thing I'm saying is like <laughs> oh, the no, team they that's they like don't, in they the... They don't have a pick, do they? No, they don't. No, so, the Cardinals oh, never mind. The yeah. I was thinking, I just got excited thinking about like Shroud and Marvin Harrison Jr., like a Burrow Chase kind of thing. That'd be cool. <laughs> the only thing I would think of is like a team that picks like two after Caleb goes one that has like decent enough receivers and just an abysmal O line and they take like Olu Fashanu from Penn State and like he balls out as a tackle. Because mm-hmm. like that's, I feel like, the one position that could rival like a receiver. Because like you never really see receivers go in the top three anymore. You also don't really yeah, see receivers as good as Marvin Harrison Jr., though. Also true. True. <laughs> And also, in the same wide receiver room, they have Emeka Abuka, who last year literally put up almost identical stats as Marvin Harrison Jr. They have Julian Fleming as their wide receiver three, and their wide receiver four is Carnell Tate, who you've probably never heard of, but he's a five-star recruit, and he was the 22nd best recruit of this past year. So, like, that's just a loaded wide receiver room for uh, whoever their quarterback is, because the battle's still going on. And I found this, I don't know if you guys are going to know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. How many 4,000-yard passers has Ohio State had in their history? Uh, I'll throw out... I'll go four. Uh, I'm thinking Field Shroud and, like, that whole Braxton Miller... Uh, Definitely not Cardell Jones. Jones era. I don't think any of them threw for 4,000. I'm going to say... Uh, Dwayne Haskins. I'm going to say three. I think... I think it, I'm going to say Haskins... Haskins, Fields, and Shroud. Okay, you guys were close. I'm glad no one fully overestimated it. It's only two. In 2018, Dwayne Haskins threw for 4,800 yards, and in 2021, C.J. Stroud threw for 4,400. No Fields, um, no Barrett, no Jones, no Miller. None of them ever hit 4,000. I think Kyle McCord, if he wins the starting job at Ohio State, will become the third Ohio State Buckeye to throw for 4,000 yards in one season. Like, just with this wide receiver room, I think he could <clears throat> I think he could potentially become the third all-time. I think he could become a Heisman finalist. Like, this, the 
the ceiling for this offense is just crazy this year. He's yeah, a junior, no, right? Totally agree. He's a junior that's maybe thrown 50 passes in his career. Like, he's barely played because he's been behind Stroud the past two years. Yeah, that's crazy. So moving on now to the Big 12. It's Texas and Oklahoma's final year in the Big 12. They'll be moving to the SEC next season. Ironically enough, I think those are the two teams that are going to be competing in the Big 12 championship at the end of the year. I was tempted to maybe put in someone else besides Oklahoma. I'm not saying Texas is back yet, but I think they're good enough now where I feel very comfortable putting them in the Big 12 championship game, even though they missed it last year. Do you, do you have Texas winning? Or you said you have Oklahoma winning? Mm, I'll have Texas winning just because I think they're the more likely team to make it. But Oklahoma is not expecting to do much this year. But historically, they're a great program. I like Dylan Gabriel. I like what... Uh, they did in the transfer portal. Like they're going to be better than people think, but I think Texas is still the clear number one in this conference. Yeah, I'm going with Texas as well to win the the Big Twelve. Yeah, I have I have Texas too. Um, I guess this uh, Big Twelve going to be a little boring this prediction, but B- Big Fourteen Texas. this year. So are they yeah, well the Big Fourteen. So how many teams are entering the like? So is Texas Oklahoma going to the SEC. How many teams are coming into the Big Twelve next year? Four. So they're going from. Okay. They're, so they're going to be four, the... Yeah. They're going up to 16, I believe. Jesus, yeah. Are they going to change the name or they're, they're not doing that? Probably. Uh, they actually talked about that they might. I know the Big Ten will never change their name. They're just... They've been... They haven't had 10 teams now in well over a decade. But yeah. I think the Big 12 is more... Because the Big 12 has. They used to be the Big 8. Yeah. So they yeah. definitely could change their name. And plus, the Big the Big Ten's logo is too cool to change. <laughs> Big Ten doesn't have a full logo. Um, but while we're talking about the Big 12... I think Quinn Ewers, I don't know if you guys are, if you think Arch Manning is going to take over year one, but I think Quinn Ewers could put up a Heisman-type season this year. Like, people forget he was the best, he was a, a better recruit than Trevor Lawrence was. Like, people just kind of dismiss that and forget it. Yeah, and I think it's just because, like, the hype of Arch Manning, like, behind him, like, he kind of gets overlooked. It's kind of like people are seeing Quinn Ewers as, like, a placeholder QB for, like, one year. Like, all right, let's, like, have him, and then when he can... Uh, just kind of pass his horse to Arch Manning, but I think, like you said, he certainly could have a Heisman-type season, um, especially if, if Texas, being like the program that Texas is, um, kind of bringing them back uh, from not being really crazy good since, like, Vince Young. Um, and I think people are kind of overlooking it, and I think he really could be a Heisman favorite. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just excited to see, like, I feel like the Big 12 is always so different every year, and, like, last year, how good, like, Kansas State was. Um, and then who... Who beat Kansas State in the Big 12 championship? Was no, Kansas, they, yeah, Kansas Kansas State won the Big yeah, 12, the but TCU moved oh, on. Oh, TCU, yeah, yeah. I'm getting I'm mixed up just because yeah. the colors are, are similar. But yeah, yeah, like TCU like was so good last year, obviously making it to the national championship in Kansas State, like up like I'm um, beating them in the Big 12 chip. So it's like usually fun to see different teams every year, unlike some other conferences where it's just kind of chalk every season. Mm-hmm. And I you brought up TCU. I think they're gonna have a really bad year if we're being honest. <laughs> I think them losing Max Duggan is going to be a real issue. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like, yeah, there's going to be some turnover there. And, like, you just kind of wonder where, like, Houston and, like, um, and UCF are going to finish as well. Just, like, I wonder, yeah, like, where are these teams coming from the American are going to finish after fa- facing, like, such powerhouses like Temple and Tulane. Like, so I really wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> Should have slipped that one in there. <laughs> uh, and uh, you brought up the new additions. Just one last thing on the Big 12. Which... Big 12 game do you think is going to look the most weird on TV? Like, do you think, 
like UCF playing Oklahoma in a conference game makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. BY like Cincinnati playing Texas, like that looks it just makes no sense. Like which one do you think is going to be the weirdest to see? I, I think it's going to be it's going to be depending on where the teams are in the standings like when they play, but I think like some combo like you said one of the new teams like UCF, Cincinnati and BYU playing Texas or Oklahoma, like the Big 12 teams like Texas and Oklahoma going against like like a bunch of mid like just not I guess they are mid majors up until this year and I think I just think that the Texas playing like UCF is probably going to seem the weirdest. Yeah, I feel like UCF too, just like like a Florida school playing all these like Midwest schools is just going to be weird. Yeah. But at least Houston's like in the state of Texas so like it's something crazy there. But yeah, yeah there's going to be some weird games with UCF involved. So similar to the ACC, the Pac-12 doesn't have divisions anymore for their conference game. Last year we saw USC play Utah in the championship game. Utah won it. Um, I think USC will go back this year. However, I still like Oregon. People don't give Bo Nix the respect he deserves. He was honestly in the Heisman race up until week like 10 last year. Like He was right up in there. And I think Oregon, I th- people just sleep on Oregon. I don't know what it is about them, but I think that their offense and their defense was um, underrated last year. And USC, I don't know if they have enough to break through. I mean, they lost Jordan Addison, which I think is going to be a bigger loss than people are making it seem. Yes, they have Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman winner, but I don't know. Something something about this Oregon team just sticks out to me. Yeah, I'm just excited for the Pac-12 because I also feel like it's similar to the Big 12 that it's usually different teams every year that can end up winning it. Like, obviously, you, you SC is going to be the favorite, and they're going to be my pick to win it with Caleb Williams, but you have Washington with Michael um, Penix there. Then you have, like, Utah with Cam Rising. You said Oregon with Bo Nix. And there's, like, a lot of fun quarterbacks in this division, and obviously some kind of graduated last year with, like, Doran Thompson-Robinson leaving uh, UCLA. But I think, like, the Pac-12, like, stay up late. You watch these teams have shootouts. It's fun. I enjoy watching the Pac-12, and it's just going to be done, basically, at the end of yep. this year. So that's upsetting. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm picking USC as well, but I uh, – the, the Oregon – I mean, I think it's going to be Oregon and USC – um, kind of just battling out for that um, team that I, I think I don't think there's really a world where both of them make it, but I think one of them is probably going to wind up coming out of the uh, the conference with the playoff bid, especially if Oregon winds up um, finishing over USC. So excited though, Bo Nix in his what eighth year now? So no, not that much. No, he's a, he's a fifth year, right? <laughs> I believe so. I I'm pretty sure it was yeah, three at Auburn and then one at Oregon. Yeah, so far so this would be yeah, five. So this is the second. Okay. Yeah, and the one thing with the Pac-12, so we obviously mentioned Oregon, USC. Washington is ranked 10th to open the year. Utah, defending Pac-12 champ, is ranked in the top 15, I think. I don't know the exact rank. Oregon State, for some reason, is ranked. I don't know why. They're starting uh, DJ Uyungle. I don't know why. Like, they're not going to be good. Um, no credit for the pronunciation either, but whatever. What about Colorado? Um, <laughs> I don't, do we, do we yeah, I don't think Colorado, Colorado makes any noise. They're projected three wins, no. I think. <laughs> I think I think the Dion hype will make people talk about them, but yeah, I don't know if it will be like good talk. <laughs> Dude, the Pac-12 is like yeah, like with Colorado maybe being relevant again. It sucks like Stanford hasn't been relevant in a while, but like I don't know. The Pac-12 I feel like was one of the more entertaining conferences. Like I kind of enjoyed it more than the ACC and even sometimes more than the Big Ten because I can't get over the West Division of the Big Ten. But like it kind of sucks that basically this division is, or excuse me, this conference is basically getting demolished and like what teams are still left without a specific conference it's like stanford washington state oregon state 
and Cal are the and only Cal. four. They're the only four that have no plans for next year yet. So and, well, yeah, so are they going to be like they're going to pull a Notre Dame basically? Uh, potentially. I mean, the ACC is really trying to get Cal, and I also and believe Stanford. Stanford, but, like, I think. Yeah, that that just makes no sense to me. So like, it, it, I would rather them just stay independent. Or honestly, like, I know you're gonna probably lose money by doing it, but join the Mountain West. Keep people near, like schools near you. I don't know. It's just They're such not, a mess. I agree. Like, why do we gotta no, watch I, Stanford I from Northern California fight a Florida State in Tallahassee? Like, I don't know. It just seems yeah. Like, and, Excessive. Not even from like a football aspect, just like everyday sports, like a soccer match on a Tuesday or whatever. Like we're flying yeah, we're, from we're saying field like, hockey and and swimming and like rowing. no one talks yeah, about that. SEC time, SEC, SEC. This one week conference. I don't know. We might get a little um, little testy here. Yeah, fucking mm. South Carolina, Desmond or uh, Spencer Rattler, baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hendon Hooker, he's coming back. Yeah. So finally, here we have the SEC. Georgia, obviously, back-to-back national champions. Um, believe it or not, they've only had one SEC championship in that time period. It's just, just how competitive the SEC is. I'm going to start this off by saying I am not big on Georgia this year. I think they will regress this year. I think them losing so many guys to the NFL over the past two seasons finally catches up and the way their schedule lines up it's a cakewalk of a schedule but they have to go to Tennessee and I think Tennessee is also good enough where they can win that game and then hold the tiebreaker so because of that I have Tennessee playing the SEC championship game against Bama and I think Bama goes undefeated this year and wins the SEC Bama's they're going to go back to like 2014-15 when they just rolled some no-name guys out there and they just went on to win I mean the past few years at Bama, they've been so quarterback heavy with um, Tua, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, Bryce Young. But before that, they were not really a quarterback-based team. I think Bama's going back to their roots, and they're going to surprise some people this year. Because a lot of people are down on them. I don't know. But they've been out of the playoff picture for too long now that I think they're going to come back. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of QB turnover, too. Like you said, Bryce Young. Um, you have Will Levis leaving Kentucky. You got uh, Stetson Bennett leaving Georgia, uh, all entering the NFL. Um, so I am like Hendon Hooker moving Tennessee. I'm going with Georgia still. I think like also, um, I don't know, like I feel like the past couple of years, the east part of the SEC has been a little bit easier. It's than the bad. West side. Yeah. Yeah, right. So like, I don't know. I think like maybe the competition's there and like we don't get to see Georgia, Bama in the regular season. Or do we get to uh, see no. that this year? No. No. Yeah, which no. is like, why not? Like that is like the marquee matchup. That would be like- I know. Like the most like we get to see Ohio State and Michigan. I know they're in the same division part of their uh, conference, but still, it would be cool to see. I'm gonna go with Georgia though. Um, I think it's like yeah, like you said, like you think Alabama can go undefeated. It really might be who goes undefeated wins this conference. So I'm gonna be kind of uh, boring here and go with Georgia. Yeah, I mean, I I do want I do want to say Georgia here, not because I think they're gonna be as dominant as they were last year, because they really have a cakewalk schedule. Like I remember they were supposed to play Oklahoma and they replaced them with Ball State. And they only have, like, three SEC road games. So I think it's – you said Tennessee is one of them. I think is Ole Miss another one or is or is Auburn the uh, another one? And I think and then I think it's, like, a lower lower tier. Um, yeah, I believe it's Auburn. Yeah, I think – and then I think it's – and then I think it's – I think then I think it's Florida. Um, uh, maybe. Florida's always in Jacksonville, though, so it's not even, like, a real road game. Yeah. So it's, like it, – it's, it's, it's the easiest schedule ever for – 
obviously a great coach, and they 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 obviously have talent. Like let's not like even though they lost a lot, it's kind of like Alabama where they just keep pumping out the top, you know, fifteen picks where, where they occupy a bunch of them, um, and then second third round picks as well the next year. I'm gonna pick Georgia. I guess it is kind of boring, but I I just think that the NCAA just made it so easy for them to threepeat. Yeah, and it wasn't even the NCAA. Like they, like you said, they had Oklahoma scheduled, and then the SEC said, "No, you can't no, do that because they're joining the conference next year." But I don't know why they're letting Alabama play Texas, but they're not letting Georgia play Oklahoma. Like they're both joining the conference next year. Why is that the issue? Like I don't know. It seems weird yeah, to me. It's annoying, and like and replacing them with Ball State is crazy. Like a, like a, a middle of the road MAC team. Like. There wasn't that you couldn't get another Big Twelve team that wasn't joining the SEC the next year Pro- or an honestly, ACC team. Honestly, probably not that late. Not that late into because yeah, they, yeah. they make I, these I right. they make the matchups like ten years in advance. Like I like I'm looking forward to Alabama playing Notre Dame in like oh, 2036. Right. Like <laughs> okay, yeah, because that matchup is probably set for years. All right, fair enough. But yeah, and um, yeah, just while we're on the subject, like Georgia, they lost Stetson Bennett, so they're starting Carson Beck, who he was a four star recruit. He's he went. Uh, he threw four touchdowns last year in relief of Stenson Bennett. So like, obviously he's good, but it's just the inexperience that I think maybe like can cost them a play here or there, and that's really all it comes down to in the SEC. Like they almost lost at Missouri last year. Yeah, but it also is like the easiest job because their defense is going to be locked down again, and he's going to have like Georgia has just been like just pumping out top ten, top fifteen tackles. Um, for the last like three or four years now, and if that keeps happening, like great defense and great offensive line and a great run game, um, you know it's kind of kind of tough to, to mess it up. You, you you like you have to mess it up. You know what I mean? Like his job is kind of mm-hmm. done for him. Just don't you know don't mess up the mission. But I think I, I think going to what you said about Bama, I don't know. Like they're like Bama's kind of like transition into like one of those QB powerhouse schools now, and. Like they go from Mac Jones first round pick, crazy receiving core, Bryce Young number one pick. It's and, and they have a tough schedule too. They got to play Texas. They lost to Texas I think last year or two years ago too. Like and I, I, are they are they in the road to Texas too or are they home? No, they're they're home for Texas. They're home for Tennessee. They're home for LSU. Which I like that all three of those being at home. They lost to yeah. who last year? Tennessee and LSU in the regular season. Both both on the road by a combined. Four points. Yeah, like they almost, almost made the playoffs Texas with two last losses. year. Yeah, and like people say, they would have lost to Texas if like yeah. when you were saying like, it hurt. I, I'm just wondering if Ty Simpson can fill like the whole Jalen Hurts, Tua, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, like that little lineage they got going on there. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have to see, but they are lucky to have pretty much all the the hard games at home which mm-hmm. seems fishy, but it is Alabama, so. <laughs> yeah, and uh, one final thing before we move on. Uh, rank from 1 to 10, how cool of a name is Kool-Aid McKinstry? Oh, the corner? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, 10. Like, that's wild. That's like Sauce Gardner, like, levels of elite. Yeah, so he's, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the number one corner taken next year, so him and Marvin Harrison will be right up there as the first non-QBs uh, selected, so those are that's our five. I would be totally down for that. <laughs> they just get picks two and three. That'd be kind of sick. I mean, I would I would love to have Kool Aid and Marvin Harrison. Oh, the training camp videos of them squaring up against each other would be amazing. <laughs> it's like Joey Porter Jr. versus George Pickens. Like, be yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're gonna go through our playoff predictions for the NCAA season. Uh, we'll give our five and six spots, so teams that we think could maybe still make it, maybe take that four seed, because it's always a crapshoot with the voters towards the end of the year, but uh, are just gonna miss out on our preseason predictions. I'll go off um, and I'll say that my ACC champion, Florida State, is gonna be the sixth seed, 
And then my five seed just missing is going to be Alabama. Um, so those are my two uh, notable omissions, honorable mentions of making the college football playoff. I know it's kind of crazy to have Alabama in there, but I didn't have them winning the SEC. And I do think that every team ahead of them, spoiler alert, is winning their conference. So that's pretty much how it ended up going for me. So with my uh, five and six, I have the same combo as uh, Matt here. I'm going Florida State and um, Alabama. Uh, I think that it'd be cool to see Florida State get in. I think they just miss it. And uh, the, the top four remains kind of predictable uh, in my eyes. I guess it's kind of basic, but roll with Alabama and Florida State missing the playoff by a hair. And then for my five and six, I'm going to have Oregon at number six. I think they win the Pac-12 championship, but I don't think they're going to have that good of a resume. And then number five, I'm going to have Georgia coming at five. I don't think they make the playoff this year. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they even lost two games this year, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so a little bit different there. I like fail to also mention like Ohio State could also be in this conversation. And I guess we'll start off with just going through our one through four. At four, I have USC uh, winning the Pac-12, and I do think they're going to have a nice resume beating some teams out there like Washington and Oregon um, and Utah, hopefully. like They were close to winning it last year, or at least making the playoffs. And then I have Texas at three, which is probably the boldest prediction, because is Texas back? Probably not, but I'm going with Texas. It's kind of fun to see if they were back into the college football playoff. Michigan two, Georgia one, pretty chalky stuff there. But yeah, I ended up going with like Alabama, Florida State, um, and Ohio State kind of missing out. But yeah, so I'll have Georgia versus USC, which would be a hell of a matchup in round one. And then Michigan, Texas in the um, other side of the college football playoff. So at my four seed, I'm going to have Ohio State. Like I said, I think uh, they lose to Michigan in their matchup this year. So it kind of puts Michigan a hair above them. And I think in my three, it's going to be USC. One thing about USC, they really only have one decently hard out of college, out of conference game, and it's Notre Dame. And we know this. We know the story of Notre Dame. They typically tend to underperform i know they have oregon um is on the road but utah is home so it could go either way on both of those games and i think they get it done this year and two being michigan and one being georgia so um potential for a michigan ohio state uh championship that we all wanted last year so i'm either going to look like an idiot or a genius at the end of this because my four is completely different from your four um i'm just making sure all both your four teams in the playoff, you all have them winning the conference, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. also, like, my philosophy on this. I think no, if you no, do I have, no, like, no, I have Ohio State not winning the conference. Oh, Ohio State, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, my philosophy is if you win your conference and you, like, look good throughout the regular season and it wasn't, like, a Mickey Mouse conference, like, ring – like you deserve to be in the playoffs than a non-conference mm-hmm. team that might, or like a team that didn't win their conference that might have an extra win. I don't know. I'm a conference guy. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. However, there's always like an at-large team that makes it. So this might be a surprise, but at number four, I have Penn State making the college football playoff. I, I think their only loss is going to be at Ohio State, and I think Ohio State will beat Michigan, which, and I think, therefore, Penn State will beat Michigan. So I think Michigan will have two losses and be out of it. Penn State will miss the Big Ten championship game. So I think they actually sneak in by only having to go 11-1 and and not play in the Big Ten championship. So with that being said, though, I have Ohio State right at number three. I think Ohio State will probably... I think Ohio State might lose early in the season at Wisconsin because it's right after Penn State. Like, that is such a trap game. You're at home against your rival, or I guess their second rival, and then the next week you have to go to Wisconsin. That seems like such a trap. So I think Ohio State will go 12-1, and win the Big Ten, get the three seed. And I said earlier, 
I think Clemson's going to run the table. No one's expecting it from them. I think this is the year. I have Clemson as the two seed and the ACC champ. And then I got Bama at number one as the SEC champ, also That's undefeated. Totally Bama, Clemson, OSU, like three staple teams that they really haven't all been together in a while. So I think it's the last year of the 14 playoff. You got to gotta go back to your roots a little bit. <laughs> I like that a lot. No, no, I like it being a little bit different too. Um, I'm going to keep being different because screw it at this point. Like, what's the point of picking Georgia to win it all? So I'm saying USC, Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, they're going to beat Georgia to go to the national championship. I'm going to have Michigan beat Texas uh, to make it to the national championship game. And then I'm saying Caleb Williams is about to pull off. I'm not going to spoil my Heisman pick, but he's about to pull off one of the best seasons ever, and USC is going to be my national championship team, which just sounds crazy uh, because the odds probably aren't great, and they probably shouldn't be great, but yeah, their defense probably isn't there yet, but I'm going to go USC to win it all just to, just to be a little bit different. And I think uh, Georgia wins their playoff game. They're back in the national championship, and I think that uh, so I, Ohio State and Georgia – they are going to match up, and Georgia takes it um, the W there. And I think this year is the year that Michigan uh, makes that championship. But I do think that Georgia three-peats over Michigan in the national championship game. And we will see that the cakewalks, that they weren't in, in there just because of a cakewalk. They're still the powerhouse that Georgia is. Kind of a square pick, but we shall see. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Bama over Penn State. And then I'm going to have Ohio State beating Clemson. I think this, I said earlier, I think this Ohio State offense could be electric, assuming Kyle McCord takes over, assuming all the wide receivers are healthy and play to their level that they can. I think Ohio State can be very good. And then with that being said, I think Bama's just going to win it again. Like, no one's really talking about Bama too much this year. Nick Saban doesn't fully know what's going on at quarterback. No one really knows what the wide receivers' names are. Like, this is just the year that, like, they just keep recruiting good. These This is the new wave. Like, Bama dominated the past 10 years. I think they get the final 14 playoff champion. And I'm going Bama over Ohio State in the 2023 championship game that they play in 2024. <laughs> There we go. So we all have different uh, championship picks. Your guys is probably a little bit more likely than mine, making me think that maybe I should have had Michigan beating USC. But yeah, so I have USC winning. Dom has Alabama winning. And then Dom, ha or excuse me, Tom has Georgia winning. So we can just kind of give our Heisman predictions. I feel like they would be very similar, at least who we have in the finalists. Obviously, you got guys like Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Drake May. Maybe there's some surprise picks, maybe some surprise quarterbacks that make it up there, or Blake Corum just has a monster season for Michigan. Uh, but I'm going to go, like I said, kind of Caleb Williams has maybe the best college season ever. National championship, Heisman, number one overall pick in the NFL draft. You really can't beat that. And uh, yeah, I did have a chalk pick for my Heisman, and I'm going Caleb Williams. I took Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he really could be pulling off the season similar to Devontae Smith's. This Ohio State offense could be absolutely nuts. And I think we're approaching that that wave now where wide receivers are gonna be winning Heisman, you know, not all not as much as quarterbacks, but they will be they will be winning a few here and there, especially when they have guys like Devontae Smith and Marvin Harrison Jr. And if um Caleb Williams takes even a little bit of a step back, I think the back-to-back -back Heisman could be very uh, tough to do, and I'm going Marvin Harrison. Yeah, so I'm gonna. I have a my my Heisman winner is someone we haven't even mentioned yet, so that's just I'm maybe going a little off 
on that end. But my five finalists, I think Caleb Williams will be up there. It's just impossible to win two Heismans. Like, they just don't let you do it. It's only ever yeah. happened once. So I don't think it's going to happen. I think Kyle McCord from Ohio State will be right up there. I think he might have three wide receivers with 1,000 yards. So I think he might get the Heisman nod. I think Cade Klubnick is going to have a really good year at Clemson. I also think Quinn Ewers is going to have a great year at Texas. Those are four quarterbacks. With that being said, my Heisman winner this year is going to be a running back. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins at Ole Miss. Last year as a true freshman, he ran for over 1,500 yards and 16 touchdowns. Over his last seven games, he averaged 25 carries a game. Ole Miss still doesn't really have a quarterback locked down. If he averages those 25 carries a game, he will easily get over 2,000 yards, which has only happened once in SEC history, and it was the year Derrick Henry won his Heisman. So I think that um, Quinshawn Junkins down at Ole Miss has a really good chance, and I think he could be the first running back in a while to win it. So there we go. We all have different Heisman selections and college championship uh, selections. Dom, I did not think that we were going to hear an Ole Miss running back here winning Heisman, but here we are. Um, so you guys can let us know if you're uh, watching on YouTube in the comments who you think is going to win the national championship or the Heisman. And if you're uh, on Spotify or Apple Pod, uh, we'd appreciate it if you leave a rating or review. So yeah, thank you guys all for watching. We'll have another fantasy mock draft out before the season starts, as well as our official NFL predictions as well before the season starts also so yeah thank you guys all for watching or listening and we'll catch you guys in the next one peace